years in the making, and Julia is your new keeper of the red belt in stardom. What a show. What a way to end the wrestling year here on not only BAM, but on Sunday night's main event. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And yeah, uh, an excellent show capped off by an incredible main event. Ten matches, something fun on uh, uh, everyone. It seems, Boris, I got to be honest, off the hop, I didn't watch this entire show. I've read reviews. I've heard you rave about it, and I'm excited to hear about it in detail. I did sit down and watch the incredible main event of this show, which has to be a top 10 match this year. Thank God I did, right? If we're doing a list at the end of the year, it's crazy that the professional wrestling business gives us so much, so many amazing matches over and over across the world in many promotions. And this is right there, right there at the top with all of them. Yeah, exactly. That, that, perfect way to really show how strong this show was this show was so good from top to bottom and once again it proves how strong of a position stardom is in right now like stardom right now in my opinion is one of the hottest promotions leading into 2023 you know the entire shiri uh storyline from 2021 was the highlight of a lot of lists Julia's story is becoming the highlight of a lot of lists for 2022, and that's just leading into a huge beginning for 2023, which, you know, the beauty part about stardom is even though they do have their own belts, the fact that they now share one in the IWGP Women's Championship with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Kyrie, the fact that you have like three or four different top stars right now in stardom is goes to show you how powerful and strong this promotion actually is. And I'm expecting big things from this promotion in 2023. You know, you've said it so many times. You, you said it like five or six times. Not really, but I'm going to say five or six times on the best and the worst show of SNME. And that is that if you love stardom, you love stardom. That is a hill that you're willing to die on. And honestly, like heading into 2023, I'm all in on stardom, and I have been for a while, but I am super excited to see where we go with stardom, where Julia goes now that she is the champion, where Kyrie goes and the whole IWGP storyline and everything that's going on there, where does Sasha Banks or whatever she wants to call herself uh, next week uh, fit in all this? Tons of speculation, tons of momentum. Man, stardom is in such a strong place right now. Absolutely. Very exciting time to be a fan. And with the added exposure with New Japan, I honestly feel like if Forbidden Door 2 happens, stardom will obviously be a big part of it. We're probably going to get Julia versus whoever the champ is, perhaps, or something like that, something approximating that. Uh, man, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a stardom fan. Like you said, Mercedes Monet, buddy, she's coming in. Uh, Sasha Banks probably going to be involved and is going to help raise this uh, this here, you know, stardom to prominence as it is, as it were. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so let's see exactly where we go from here. It's uh, 
Honestly, 2023 holds huge things here in stardom. And honestly, Matt, you and I have been beating the drum for stardom for the past two years. And I think that 2023, we're going to continue doing that. I think we're going to be covering a lot more stardom here on SNME, uh, you know, just because of the huge momentum that they have. And honestly, I have a shit ton of fun watching these shows. That's the thing. It reminds you of AAA, except you get to see it more often. Uh, even a bad stardom match has something fun about it, a certain quirky quality. And uh, they, they try, they take big swings in stardom. They take risks. This show featured a six-woman hardcore tag team match, and that's on the mundane side for stardom. They have ladder matches with a crane gimmick where you can raise and lower the belts. They do all kinds of fun stuff. So it's really, it's worth sinking your teeth into stardom. That's exactly it. Um, and, and, you know, I think that one of the things that we've talked about doing, and I, I really hope that we do end up uh, going through, is having more, for lack of a better term, educational sessions on stardom, right? Like, I think it's super important to just get stardom out there because, honestly, what's beauty, what's beautiful about stardom is what a lot of people enjoy about AEW and other promotions, and that's there's a little something in there for you. If you like your comedy wrestling, stardom and joshi in general has you covered if you like your beautiful storytelling this main event had it and stardom's got it if you like hardcore wrestling stardom's got it if you like tag team wrestling stardom's got it if you like trios stardom's got it. if you like trios hardcore matches stardom has it if you just like seeing two just awesome wrestlers go at it stardom has got it Yes, and interesting, unique characters and character development. Care is put into storytelling. People uh, grow, people change allegiances, and that matters when th those things happen. So it is. The more you watch it, the more you are rewarded for watching it. If, uh, if you're a fan of the style, I would definitely try to check some out. And uh, at least watch the big pay-per-views and the big shows or the big matches as they come up. And this was one of the biggest of the year uh, main eventing this show. But there was a lot of stuff on the show. So, yeah, buddy, what we should do down the line is get some stardom experts on because I'm, I'm very much a casual stardom observer. You know, you watch it more than me. You know much more than me. And then, like, there are people out there who have dedicated stardom podcasts. I'm sure we can find some super fans to kind of help us learn about the stardom as well. We even have some here in the SNME family. Andre, uh, he has his own uh, just Japanese uh, overall and really focused on stardom podcast, which I'm going to be a part of this weekend. Chatting nice. this very show, uh, you know, and, and I'm really looking forward to that. So, Matt, I believe that we should just jump right into it. We are going to be talking stardom dream queendom from December 29th, 2022, you know. Overall, this show was super strong from top to bottom, and the main event, honestly, 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 like, what was our top match of 2021? Uh, it was Shiri versus Utami from Stardom. That was, we had that as a five-star match. That was our match of the year last year across all of wrestling. Yep, and honestly, like, I'm debating this right now, that possibly we saw the match of the year 
just yesterday from this main event. And Shuri, just what a run for Shuri. We're going to get to that when we talk about the main event because just the overall storytelling in that match was amazing. Uh, it just it, oh, so beautiful. And then Julia's three-year run and her, her focus on 2022 where she started a little low and then winning these tournaments and getting these spots to put her in contention. You know, it's just, just amazing stuff. All right, so let's get started. Let's get to it. The show happened in Tokyo, Japan, um, and you know we started with your regular Rambo match, which is just your crazy this uh, battle royale um, in teams and stuff. So this match lasted about twenty-one minutes, exactly what you would assume. Um, didn't really take too many notes of this, but it was a good way to kind of get the get people excited, get those last-minute buys in for the show, um, but really. Honestly, Shuri versus Julia sold a lot of people on this show, even leading up to this show. Definitely. That was, yeah, that's, that's, that was the marquee, I think, for sure. But you, you so, so a stardom Rambo to start the show, that's, that's a fun start. You see that a lot in these bigger Japanese shows. And honestly, you see it a lot in AEW, too. Tony Khan likes to start his show with a mid-card or lower rumble. Yep, exactly. All right, so let's get to the main show. Uh, the first match was for the High Speed Championship. It was one fall, 30-minute time limit, AZM versus Hikari Shimizu. Uh, dude, this match was fantastic. Uh, Hikari, AZM, her title defenses for the High Speed Championship have been awesome she's also tied the record for a number of nine consecutive defenses and now she's alongside none other than mayu iwatani oh nice that's big for azumi yeah i i love the uh, the high speed championship gimmick for lack of a better description it is their x division title and she's a perfect uh wrestler to hold that title azumi is spectacular yeah and what's great about these this match is that they typically just like X Division uh, matches. They're short. This match lasted under 10 minutes. Only went 9 minutes. 40 seconds. Azumi just amazing. And she wins with her numero uno submission. Awesome match. Uh, Hikari Shimizu is turning a lot of heads in my opinion. And I think she's going to have a great 2023. Uh, so Azumi still on her second reign as champion. Like I mentioned. Uh, you know, she, right now she is joining her... 2023 is going to start off uh, with Utami Hayashishita and Saya Kamitani to represent QQ in the Triangle Derby. All right. Very good. All right. So the next match was a Triangle Derby preview match, actually. You had H&M, Mayu Iwatani, and Hanan uh, at Momo uh, versus Classmates. Hazuki, Kaguma, and Saya Lida. This match went about 12 minutes, 4 seconds. Uh, Mayu Iwatani won by pinning Saya after a dragon suplex hold. Uh, Mayu Iwatani, that seems to be her, her favorite way of winning. And again, this was a jam-packed, fast-paced match, exactly what you would expect. And it was a great way to kind of preview what's to come over the next few weeks in stardom as they have their big trios tournament starting right away on january the third nice nice uh, yeah so it's a a baby face stable 
but it, they wrestling each other, but not exploding. You know what I mean? But it was stars explodes. It was stars versus in this match. So that's cool. A competitive trios match. I'm for it. Yep, exactly. A uh, very fun match. I really enjoyed this. And, you know, who better than Mayu Iwatani getting the big win on this big show? Absolutely. That was the correct decision, I feel like. The right girl won. Yep, exactly. All right, the next match was known as Mina uh, Shirakawa's return match. And it was a one-fall, 15-minute time limit match. And it was Mina uh, Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka versus... Uh, Tekla and Mai Sakurai. This match, again, went 10 minutes, 13 seconds. Uh, the last time that we saw Sh uh, Shirakawa in the ring was her match against Saya Kamitani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Um, and then she just came back out of nowhere in a press conference to return that she uh, is coming back. And holy shit, this match was a lot of fun. Now, what was interesting about this match uh, was that she came out with Zaya Brookside and Mariah May. Now, Mariah May, I am not very familiar with. She is an independent star from Europe. Zaya Brookside, we are familiar with, Boris, from doing the NXT review here on SNME Radio and NXT UK, which, of course, has since folded. But Zaya Brookside was doing some good work on NXT UK, both as a baby face and a heel. I'm excited to see her in stardom. That's a good spot for her. Yep, exactly. It was it was awesome. Uh, so Cosmic Angels defeated Donna Del Mondo via uh, the glamorous driver on Tekla in 10 minutes, 13 seconds. After the match, uh, Mina Shirakawa attacked Unagi Saikawa and says her, Zaya Brookside, and Maria May are going by Club Venus. So there you go. There we go. New new stable here in stardom. Uh, Zaya Brookside, uh, Maria May, and Unagi Saikawa. Club Venus, eh? They need to uh, come out to that song by, what is it? Uh, is it Bananarama? Who sings that song? Shocking Blue, I think I'm, I'm seeing. I, let's I'm just say Venus. yes. I'm your fire, your desire. You know, that one? Yeah, that classic you. bit. <laughs> what a match. What a match. Oh, good times here, man. Good times here. Uh, all right. So after this. We had a goddess of stardom title, number one contenders, triple threat match. Uh, this match uh, saw, it was a three-way match. It was the new eras, uh, Mirai and Ami Sarai, um, Mai Jaime, Maika, and uh, Hameka against BMI 2000, Natsuko, Tora, and Raka. Again, short match. That's one thing I do want to point out about stardom. When you look at their cards, it's daunting. Because if you see this type of card in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know you're saddling up for about five-hour show. <laughs> Not only that, but just like the top four matches going 30 minutes each. Yeah, exactly. Having said that, the top matches in these shows go very long, uh, but uh, it's just worth the ride. Um, and uh, it's kind of well, funny because I, I I sound like I'm being kind of like you know a hypocrite because I shit on New Japan constantly when all of their main events are so long. But I just find that you know this first Stardom tends to do it on their bigger shows as opposed to every single Road to and show. 
Yes. Yeah. And I would say the difference too is like the tag team title match doesn't go 25 minutes every single show. It'll do it once or twice a year. Like the top four matches on this show, just looking at Wiki, 2951, 1633, 1557, 1554. That's good. That's perfectly manageable. In New Japan, that would be like 45 minutes, 2951, 2951, 2756. You know what I mean? Exactly, and it should be noted that the goddesses of stardom uh, belts is essentially their tag team championship, so this was the number one contendership for that. This match was fun. Like I said, 10 minutes, 6 seconds. Maika pins Raka after the Michinoku driver 2. Perfect way to win. Perfect team 1. And we'll see what exactly happens because right now, uh, Maiheim will challenge the winners of Mel Tier 7 up for the Goddesses of Stardom Championships in 2023. It'll probably happen in Osaka on February 4th. Um, They're going to also team with Lady C for the Triangle Derby. uh, And their first match is going to be against Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Saki. That should be a lot of fun. Yep. It should be. And I'm really looking forward to that. Sorry. Um, No, no, no worries. Okay, Boris, you have to explain this next match to the casual observer because I'm just reading this on Wiki and I kind of have no idea what's going on here. So please. Yeah. All right. So this next match was a special singles match, non-title, one fall, 15 minute time limit. I was actually speaking with good friend of the show, Paul Yorkie, about this match, and it didn't dawn on me what the stipulations were. Now, this is no fault of stardom. I don't speak Japanese. So, obviously, everything was explained going into this uh, into this match. Um, Mayu Iwatani was even part of the commentary team, uh, so you knew that this was going to be a big match. So, here's what happened. A lot was at stake. For a non-title match. And that's what I liked about this match. The agreed stipulation was this. The loser had to essentially go back to square one. Rookie debut costume. No entrance music. Debut haircut. And essentially you go back to being a young lion. That sounds ludicrous when you really do think about this. And yeah, and I'm <laughs> saying this out loud. But this is what I like about stardom. They have some weird stipulations. And... They agree to them, right? Like, that's something that on SNME Radio, on the flagship show, on all the podcasts, we always talk about, like, not going through stipulations, right? Or having a brief time and then going back on a stipulation. This is why I give a lot of credit to Cody for the whole world title thing. But that's a discussion for another day, right? Um, You know, for example, oftentimes in stardom you see a stipulation of if you lose the match you're going to join the other team's stable this is actually what got starlight kid her huge heel run earlier this year um you know so these stipulations often come with a huge payoff so it was Kyrie versus utami hayashishita and a one draw 15-minute match loser essentially goes back to being the equivalent of a young lion so I love the idea that it's, it's, it's fun. It's a bit of fun in professional wrestling. I think you explained it well. Uh, they kind of copped out on it a little bit because 
it indeed goes to a 15 minute draw Boris. So no one has to go back to square one wompity wompity, but whatever, I guess you you don't want to send Kyrie back to square one while she's holding the U S title. So do you want Utami Hayashishita to start over? That could be a gimmick you do with someone down the line. I don't think it's the right time or person to do that. So this, this booking decision made sense. Add a little spice to a mid card exhibition match. That's exactly it. So here's the thing, and this is why I love stardom, and I told you to watch this match, because 15-minute time limit, this match had it all. It was had emotion, technical progress. It had uh, risk-taking, constant back and forth. It had power, passion. It had literally everything that one person can ask for in a match. This was so much fun to watch um you know as i was taking notes and i'm just writing a lot of stuff and i was looking at like you know what other people were saying on twitter and stuff um and 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 all that fun stuff to kind of comprise all of my notes uh and this match honestly had it all it was fast paced it was hard hitting it told a good story and it also sets up a future match because it did go to the 15 minute time limit so Essentially, Kairi and Utami Hayashishita, everything is cool, everything is groovy, no one has to go back to square one, and Utami Hayashishita can basically say, look, I went I went the distance with the IWGP champion, I won a shot. Absolutely, and she's a great choice for an eventual wrestler to take it off of Kairi or... Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, if that's what happens here. But yeah, no, this was a great match, man. Like you said, I'm glad you told me to watch it. I did watch this one as well. Uh, I, if I had to put a rating on it, I would say four stars, four stardoms out of five. Definitely go check this out if you're a big Kyrie fan or a big Utami fan. It would be worth your time. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's beautiful about stardom, and this is the other part that I wanted to really kind of talk about here, is... What stardom does great is telling a long-term story. Shuri and Julia, it took them a year to get to winning the big red belt, the World of Stardom Championship. And, um, you know, it, And I love that long-term storytelling that stardom tends to have. So if this were other promotions, it would be Utami uh, basically saying, look, I went the, the distance, I want you in February. No, stardom doesn't do that. I bet you this is what's going to happen, Matt. Um, Kyrie's going to have a few title defenses. She's going to have her ups and her downs. She's going to complete her heel turn because I do believe she is going heel. I think the 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 fame and fortune of the USA is going to get over her. Ha. And she's just going to say, look, I am here for the money. I did come back for the money. And, you know, screw you all. I think that's what we're going to see from Kyrie. Utami, on the other hand, I think that she's going to have to go through some tournaments. She's going to have her own voyage, I said it, um, of her own, uh-huh. and we're going to loop back later on this year, probably around their June time frame, because they have a huge show around the June time, uh, and I think that's the earliest that we're going to be seeing this Utami Hayashishita Kairi rematch. Very interesting. What if... Uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet does debut, but not to challenge Kyrie. What if they both go heel together at Wrestle Kingdom and they, they kind of start their own tag team groupish kind of thing? Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. As I was talking and making my notes about saying Kyrie's journey to becoming a heel, I'm like, this is a perfect way to debut uh, 
uh, Sasha Banks, the for, the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks. And the reason for that is, in what does Japan love? I, 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 a lot of things, I would assume. I don't know. I, I couldn't they answer love, that question. What do they love? I was hoping you would just say that. Uh, <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta set you up on the tee better. Sorry about that. They love a good invasion <laughs> angle. And there's no ah. better invasion angle than the effing Americans coming and screwing up our wrestling. Uh, yeah, a tale as old as Luthez, I guess, right? So, yeah. Quite man, literally. I, uh, yeah, I see where your head's at there, no doubt. And, yeah, I like that Kyrie being kind of swayed by the dark side. Sasha Banks literally representing the money, the uh, the pomp and circumstance of the United States. I love it. That's actually, I think that it's brilliant. That might be what happens. Give us the pen. Give us the pencil. <laughs> I'm telling you, real sports wrestling, RSR, starring, uh, <laughs> starring not Boris and Matt, but booked by Boris and Matt. We, we we're go. not even going to Tony Khan it. Don't worry, oh, we, I, we I won't. Would, we won't be on screen. You think I won't? You think? You think I'm not? No, gonna... <laughs> you, yeah. Okay. You will Tony Khan it aggressively. I'm sure you'll be. You'll be out here just yeah, just doing every podcast possible. <laughs> ask me. Ask me one thousand questions, but they all must be boring. Go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's where I that's what I think we're going to we're for sure going to be getting a a rematch of Utami Hayashita and Kyrie but I it's it's the journey the journey there I say the voyage of how we're going to get to back to this that's the reason why I love startup. So if you're a fan of long-term storytelling, I know we throw that out uh that term out like it's like sliced bread uh or something cheap uh like my ex or something like that. But it's true here. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, but here in Stardom, they do a great job of this. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny shot to take on the Stardom show. Uh, <laughs> celebrate women. Anyway, uh, prominence, six-woman hardcore tag team match for the Artist of Stardom Championship. There Good are, God. Yeah. Okay, so this match. Interesting. Interesting match. Uh, this, again, you know, they wanted to have a lot of uh, stars on this card understandably so that's fantastic uh this match in my opinion either should have gone earlier in the card or not been on the card at all uh, but when you start taking a look at the next matches it makes sense that this was there um but this was essentially a showcase type of match this match was a hardcore match uh so yeah it, it, was, a, it was a very interesting it was a very interesting match uh prominence defeated Tai via a rolling german suplex on sake kashima and we got new artists of stardom champions Interesting. So uh, I did not watch this match, but I do want to shout out Suzu Suzuki. She's awesome. She's 20 years old, was born September 16th, 2002, according to Wikipedia here. One of the great young prospects in wrestling is Suzu Suzuki. She's gotten a lot of uh, gotten a lot of indie work in japan i have seen so she's she's wrestled like a death match that i saw that was actually really good but it's just like girl anyway she's she's an awesome wrestler she's fearless she's all she's a lot of fun and she could be a big star suzu suzuki remember the name 
Yep. And essentially, the artists' stardom championship is their trios championship. Uh, the interesting part here, though, is that um, uh, prominence, sorry, uh, yeah, prominence, they enjoy their hardcore matches. Sorry. Yes, prominence enjoys their hardcore matches. Interesting enough, they are going into the Triangle Derby as the champions. So there's a lot of speculation among people who follow stardom a lot more than we do uh, that uh, there's going to be a lot of hardcore matches uh, in the tournament with prominence here. Yeah, I guess I from the very little that I know about stardom, I, from what I can glean, prominence is kind of like the hardcore badass stable. Something of like a... I don't even know what you would compare them to, like an ECW group here in Stardom, like uh, you know, uh, lesser than Combat Zone wrestling, but that kind of vibe, like here in Stardom, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, there, that's exactly the way that they would put them. All right, let's get to the goddess of Stardom title match. We had the 2022 Goddess of Stardom winners, Seven Up, uh, going up against Meltier. This match also saw new champions being crowned as Seven Up defeated Meltier via a last ride on Natsupoi. This match was a lot of fun, uh, fast-paced match. Uh, Kimitani uh, still hasn't. So, if you remember back, well, I forget whether it was the Stardom show or the crossover, but Kimitani hit a Phoenix splash that injured uh, Mina. Uh, Shirakawa at the it was around the beginning of November and essentially you know th that's the story that they're really going with okay well you sorry what's the story that oh that she's she's still feeling bad like, for injuring someone. yeah right so she's feeling like trepidatious and nervous and stuff and, and like yeah okay that makes sense that's uh yeah you know what? That's that's a that's a relatable story. I don't know how long you can tell that in professional wrestling, but that's something that a character can get over in a couple months. That makes sense. Hopefully that they don't do it for too long, because I feel like in real life that could ruin a career. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know about that story, but yeah, I, I can see it. Well, here's the thing. I think that it, this should be a one and done. I think you should just be moving past this right now. Right. Yeah. I think that uh, Kamitani, uh, the fact that she did. Uh, get the pin I think uh, says enough right so hopefully they get past that uh, so we'll see exactly where they're gonna go uh, so yeah so so we'll see exactly so sorry the goddesses sorry talking about the next match already I'm jumping all over the place I'm sorry my notes are all screwed up right now all right so let's no, talk that's fine so yeah so yeah uh, just to wrap up the tag team match like you already had gotten there we have new tag team champions which is which is crazy to me I would I would have expected Tam Nakano and Natsupoi the team of Meltier to retain just because in my opinion they're better wrestlers they're definitely more famous bigger stars in stardom but seven up have won the tag team titles here yep let us jump to the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Asai Kamitani defeated uh, Haruka U uh, Umesaki. And this is, again, where she, you know, Kimitani is still all screwed up about what she did earlier in the year. And uh, this is Kimitani's 12th defense as Wonder of Stardom Champion. Wow. Uh, she's uh, maybe going to tie Momo Watanabe. I believe she's at 13 if 
my notes are correct. Uh, Kemitani, after the match, called out Mina Shirakawa, congratulated her on return from injury, and she says she wants to wrestle her again at the few, uh, later on after Shirakawa has some time back in the ring. Uh, as her next competitor and challenger, she calls out Amy uh, Saray. Amy Saray. I'm not uh, super familiar with the work of Amy Saray, but uh, I, I'm into it. Saya Kamatani is a, is a perfect wonder of stardom champion, the intercontinental title of stardom. She's had some awesome matches here in the semi-main event basically all year. Yep, exactly. Uh, wonder of stardom championship you'll see often referred to as the white belt. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, I, I, as I said, it's their version of the intercontinental title, the white belt, the uh, like upper mid card good worker title. Yeah. All right. Now let's get to the world of stardom title match. This is for the red belt. This is the big one. Now, before we talk about this match, Matt, I got to ask you this. And I referenced this earlier. We got the world of stardom championship. We got the wonder of stardom championship. Uh, you know, we also have the IWGP championship. You know, obviously, if you look, take a look at stardom under a microscope, the world of stardom championship is by far the most important one. Wonder of stardom is secondary. Either can main event any show. Um, so, you know, from a Bushi Road company point of view, where does Kyrie and the IWGP championship uh, fit in all this? I think it's like the third highest ranking it's more important than uh any of the tag team titles i think but i i don't know man it's hard to say it's so new right they have to build it up in time depending on who holds it and what matches they have and how much exposure they get it could be the most important it could be a thing too where it's less important in japan but overseas it actually is more important to american fans or european fans than any other title in stardom who knows you know uh but yeah, I think at this moment it is it is safely number three or maybe even four or five. Yeah, exactly. But I would love to see a story where Kyrie says this is the most important belt in stardom. I should be getting the biggest purse. I should be getting the main event spots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to see a title unification anytime soon, but I feel like they should be dropping those those hints, those seeds of Kyrie saying I should be main eventing. I'm the IWGP champion. It fits in with our gimmick that we just gave her a couple matches ago, so I like it. All right, so the World of Stardom Championship, uh, one fall, 30-minute time limit. If you look at how long this match went, and I timed this myself, I also checked other references because I wanted to see how close it got to the 30 minutes. This match was officially clocked in at 29 minutes, 51 seconds. Amazing, and especially like the way... It was the fact that they were throwing bombs at each other the entire time. And it essentially ended with Julia saying, OK, I have to like invent a move to kill this person with and doing so. Yeah, this was crazy stuff. Twenty nine fifty one down to the wire. Yep. So like I said, this match was years in the making last year when Shuri finally beat Utami at Dream Queendom just a year ago. Julia and all of DDM were celebrating with her. Julia's 2021 was not fun. If you remember last year, she had a horrible neck injury, forced her to drop out of all the tournaments. She missed a lot of 2021. Uh, you know, she did face Konami at last year's Queen Dream, uh, Dream Queendom. That was her big comeback. Um, you know, so 
this is literally one year in the making of Julia uh, essentially saying, look, I came to stardom to became the star. I got this injury, held me back, and now all of 2022, I am fighting my way there. She vacated the SWA championship in January. Uh, you know, she won tournaments. She made a huge impact at the X over show. She did everything that she needed to do for this match. And let's talk about this match because this match went from zero to 60 in the first five minutes, the first three yes. minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, 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 truly insane. Start, finish, middle. Uh, it's not that there, there was no build. It's not that there was no story, but man, this was just a bomb fest from start to finish. They were just destroying each other with every move that you've ever seen, inventing things I've never seen, doing things off the ramp, onto chairs, and like actual real chairs, not like folding chairs, not fake wrestling folding chairs, like the, the uh, like a chair uh, that would sit under your grandmother's table at nineteen in like the nineteen nineties. Yeah, exactly. What's okay? So let's talk about another item that I want to talk about, and that's Shuri's twenty twenty two. She's been champion for one year, and to say that she's been a fighting champion is an understatement. She has fought. Oh, like she's had so many matches, whether they were title defenses or not. She was essentially on every single card. Um, and the visual of Shiri having all that, uh, uh, the tape, uh, the medical tape, the K-tape, as they call. Dude, what a visual. When you then take a look at the grueling 30-minute match or near 30-minute match that she had. Like that just, to me, added to the story because she's exhausted. She's tired. You know, and Julia is essentially at the top of her game. It's a really good call. That is absolutely a great call. She's coming in fresh, not fresh as a daisy because she's a wrestler, but way fresher than her opponent. Long-term storytelling here, like you said, like Julia with the injury last year. Shiuri winning the title at this show last year and holding it for a calendar year. I, I believe she won. Didn't she beat Utami at Dream Queendom yeah. in 2021? Yeah. Yep. That Exactly. It was a one-year ride. All right. The match was just the technical, just the beauty, and it was. But it wasn't just a technical match. This was everything. You got them fighting in the crowd. You got Julia's uh, big uh, table pile driver spot. But Shuri did it on Julia rather than Julia doing it on someone. Julia launches Shuri off the ramp onto the audience. Uh, it was just absolutely crazy. Uh, the you know it was just this match was absolutely insane and honestly going into this show i was very confident that julia would win as this match was going on i'm like oh my god shuri might win shuri might win i was really thinking oh they're gonna do the draw aren't they this is gonna that's what i was thinking at some point i was like man i don't know if they're actually gonna pull the trigger on julia they might wait a little bit longer but yeah it's just because they they really uh they really worked it well. One of my favorite spots, I right around the middle of the match, was the uh, the teased countout spot where Julia went out. Uh, she Shiri had a chance to basically finish off a knocked out Julia, but the referee stopped Shiri from continuing to attack and started the ten count. 
And I, I actually thought that's something that should happen more in major professional wrestling matches. There is that 10 count rule, uh, theoretically in wrestling, right? Especially when two competitors are down, but it still should apply when one competitor is down and it's a good way to have someone sell basically turning every match into a last man standing match, I guess you could say. But anyway, I thought it was just a really clever use of that spot. I thought it was great. It was a good way to turn the tide in the match. I, I, I thought that was something that I will take from this match uh, for a very long time was how awesome that was and how Julia worked from underneath for a bit after selling that awesome head kick. Yep, that's exactly it. Like this match was just had it all. The the beautiful storytelling and everything. And you know, the best way to describe the finish is that Julia delivered a northern light bomb onto Shuri uh in twenty nine minutes, fifty one seconds. Matt, how, how you're better at explaining finishers finishing yeah. moves. So try 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 to explain this to anyone who hasn't watched this match. So it was like a pump handle power slam. If you could picture like a, a front pump handle, like in a power slam position where she would like, she then DDTs her opponent's head with the other arm and basically just uh, drops backwards to the top of her opponent's head, ending this match and uh, possibly the life of young Shiori here with what you would describe, I guess, as a pump handle Northern Lights bomb. I guess you would have to call it. I don't know. It was it was a disgusting move and uh, definitely worthy of ending this match with nine seconds to go. No one's getting up from that. That looked dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Like this was absolutely insane. And Julia finally got it. She fulfilled her promise when she said that in 2022, she was going to be in the main event and become the new world of stardom champion. That's exactly what happened there. What a match. So once the match ended, uh, you know, Julia thanked Shuri profusely. You know, she she's not only thanking her for the match that they just had. She's not only thanking her for the very emotional uh, passing of the torch and passing of the belt. Uh, she's thanking Shuri for helping put stardom on the international level that it is right now. Because as I've been talking about, the amount of eyes on stardom right now, you know, and the year that Shuri has had, Shuri has been the only World of Stardom champion that a lot of people know. So, you know, and she's had a hell of a run. So Julia thanks her, you know, and and and, and what my favorite part was when Shuri said this, and I quote. It's all on Julia now. Nice. Yes. Uh, I uh, Again, we do not speak Japanese. I do not speak Japanese. I did not understand the verbiage that was being said, but you could, you could feel the emotion. There is a moment where Shiri literally like is hugging Julia who is, who is down on the mat and Shiri is like, like, like hugging her and she's crying almost. And Julia's cutting a promo like around Shiri's head as though Shiri's like a child, you know, and it's like mom or dad, just like, okay. Like, but it was actually like, it was so sweet and you could feel the emotion. This was, uh, Yes, and then of course Julia does the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior spot, except she means it in her heart. It wasn't crocodile tears, Boris. It was real. It was not disingenuous. Uh, Siri puts the belt around Julia's waist, and they both cry. And it was an awesome moment. It was a hard-fought war, and this this crazy send-off felt earned. Um, 
man, is this a five-star match? Is this one of the best matches of the decade? Is this that good? Honestly, yes. I'm giving this one five anything. Whatever scale you want to use, this is getting a five from Boris. I think I have to agree with you, man. I think this is closer to like the conversation of how good is this next to Omega versus Okada? How good is this next to uh, Kobashi versus Misawa? Next, it's closer to that than it was like, I don't know, name a random match from this year. But no, this is on the all time shit scale. So, so I think this is a top three match of the year, probably at worst, three or five. We're going to have to look back, and we're going to be doing that very soon here on BAM. But yeah, an incredible match, and I think we have to say five stars, five stardoms out of five with the emotion, with the with the awesome finishing stretch, with a crazy new, basically uh, burning hammer style finisher here. This is just a lot, a lot to enjoy, a lot to appreciate. We're going with the big kahuna, the, the five out of five, buddy. That's exactly that. Couldn't said it better myself, and this is this is what wrestling should be. You know, we've also often talked about you know using the term women's wrestling, right? No, this is wrestling. This is one of the best wrestling matches that you're gonna watch in your life. This is one of the best, just anything you're gonna watch in your life. This is the type of match that when we say wrestling is an art, this is the type of match that we mean. It had storytelling. It had literally everything that you wanted it had you know the the the, the long-term storytelling the storytelling within the match just the athleticism the you know the tears it literally had everything this match was perfection this match is a match that i'm going to remember one year two years three years down the road very similar to last year's main event from this very show and you know what's next let's talk about what is next like i mentioned julia she did it. She, you know, she, she said she was going to do this, and she did it. Uh, she's going to team up with Tekla and Mai Sakurai in the Triangle Derby, and they're going to be known as the uh, Bari Bari Bombers. They're going to be facing Rebel uh, X Enemy uh, starting in this trios tournament. So we know that Julia is going to be sticking around. She's going to be fighting in the in the trios tournament. She's going to probably have a couple title defenses. But Matt, what do you think is going to happen with Shuri? I think this woman deserves the John Moxley break. Yes, that's she deserves to heal up because she got the shit beaten out of her in that match, and she does deserve a break, one thousand percent. I don't know, I don't know what's next for her in terms of stardom. I'm not familiar enough with it, but I think she is also she's a good defender of stardom versus this heel group that we've just put together of Kyrie and uh, Mercedes Monet, if that were to happen, right? I think that could be a good place for her because she could have some awesome matches. She's a good hard-hitting base for the, I guess, heel cruiserweight offense of Kyrie and uh, Sasha Banks. Uh, also, I think that I, I, I just clicked on um, post-wrestling's review of this from Karen Peterson, whose reviews on post-wrestling are They're absolutely the excellent. They're the best. Absolutely excellent. She is the best at covering stardom. And she says that uh, this move was the glorious driver. I put that into Twitter, and I'm seeing that there's numerous glorious drivers. This was not the glorious driver one, glorious driver two, or glorious driver three. So as uh, until someone uh, tells me, until further notice, that move that she just hit, let's call it the glorious driver 22. 
marking it, it as the as the move and possibly the match of twenty two. Yep, exactly. That that's perfect way to put it, man. So this is why we love stardom. It's honestly, uh, it's why I, we love th- wrestling, man. Yeah, holy shit! I, it's like you said. Like I started watching this match, and like five minutes in, I was like, "Holy shit! This is already, this is already just exploding my list." Like, oh my god! And you're like, "Buddy, you're gonna need a cigarette after this match." And I did. I actually like I needed to take a break. I needed to eat something, pour myself a little a cold beverage, and just kind of like, okay, th- digest that incredible piece of business that we just watched. Like that was just something else. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, yeah, this match was just this had it all, and you know this card was fun, but a main event like this just elevates the entire card, right? Like, and all oh, big time. Yeah, it's just so freaking good. It's such a fun way to spend my 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 December twenty ninth morning. Like, you know, I <laughs> I don't I don't hate staying up and watching these cards. No, that's awesome. We appreciate your hard work, man. And thank you for, uh, you know, I, I work got in the way for me, but I, I knocked it out as soon as I could this morning and did not regret it one iota. Glad to talk about it here on Sunday night's main event and can't wait to talk about more wrestling that we love on the BAM program coming up soon. That's exactly it. That's, uh, yeah, so that is stardom. You know, again, I'm hoping that we will be able to cover stardom more. I'll try to get my notes a little more in order. Um, but uh, overall, this was an excellent show. I'll be talking this card on other podcasts. I'll post all about that on my personal stuff. Uh, you guys can check all that out. Now, that is the end of this review of the stardom dream queendom show from December 29, 2022. Matt. Let's take care of some other business while we Oh, can. yeah. Right on. So, yeah, well, we got you here, listeners, if you'll indulge me for a bit. Last time we did BAM, I, I talked about my hardest cuts from the 2022 list, and we did January to, like, June-ish, right? So f- right now, I would like to do the remaining hardest cuts from June-ish to December to where we're at now. So there's 10 matches on this list, but actually it's it's 14 I'm kind of cheating. We'll just get this one out of the way off the bat. My first hardest cut is Bucks versus Bucks and Kenny versus Death Triangle matches two through five. So the first match on the pay-per-view full gear, that's going to be on our list. The most recent match, the Falls Count Anywhere match. I honestly think that's probably going to be on our list too. Matches two through five in this series were still great, but I don't, I don't know if I can distinguish between any of them at this point in my brain you know agreed um i agree with you with that kind of uh, view like it's and that's the prop this is gonna sound stupid but bear with me that's the problem like i can't distinguish these matches too much because you know say what you want about the elite and there's a lot of opinions running around with them you shared some of your opinions about them <laughs> sure did you know and like but at the end of the day you know they're still entertaining when they when they have to be. They're still having these amazing matches. So kudos to them. I think they're great wrestlers. Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers who has ever been born and put on this earth. The Young Bucks are not that far away, honestly. But man, yeah, no, I, I you're right. It's a good problem to have. But you're right. It is kind of a problem that I can't tell you a single moment uh, distinguishing matches two through five. Other than I remember they used a hammer in all of them, which kind of is a separate thing, but that made me angry. We all used to hate it when Triple H used a hammer. Hey, why Why are we supposed to? Anyway, anyway, 
Uh, let's move back onto the list. So we're going to June of 2022. We're going to Japan for zero ones match of the year. A mean guy, old guy match. It was Masato Tanaka, former ECW world heavyweight champion versus Takashi Segura. This was from zero one. This was like a poor man's version of, uh, of a Suzuki match. Uh, just just old guys beating the shit out of each other. Great match, but this year, I don't know if I could squeak it onto the list, sadly. I'm glad I watched it, though, and I wanted to shout it out. Agreed. You you made me good. You got me on this match, and I agree with you. Like This is such a fun match. Uh, if we had a list of top five old guys match, this would be it, 100% for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like that, I'm sure a Suzuki match and three Sting matches. <laughs> exactly. Oh, the three pay-per-view matches he's had, basically. Yes. Bang, bang, boom, like the Moffats. Um, next up from AEW Road Rager, a ladder match, the Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express. This was a, a really good and underrated match. I heard some people didn't like it at all. I thought it, it was like some storytelling, some good spots, uh, a great ladder match that wasn't quite uh gonna make the cut but still four stars great match shout out here on the list from june 15th ladder match bucks versus jurassic express yep this was i this is when jurassic express won right no this is the no, one they lost the tag they team lost titles. The titles they lost yes them i believe one. yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah positive yeah. okay yeah, they they're it's hard to distinguish all these matches just because there's so much and that's a beautiful problem to have okay Cool. Sounds good. Let's move on. Yes. Moving on. June 24th, Rampage. Your boy, Andrade, your least favorite luchador, versus Ray Fenix. This was actually an incredible match. Uh, again, it's just at this point, we're splitting hairs and looking at everything on my list. This one just got the scissors. I'm sorry. I apologize. I agree with you on that one. This match was good, but it's not better than what we're going to be talking about on January 1st, right? Like, let's be honest here. Uh, also, I'm going to bury Horowitz myself on the whole settling the debate about Andrade and Santos Escobar. Because <laughs> one's on well, TV we and one isn't. Well, is one on TV? Where's Santos? When's the he's last on time SmackDown you saw him on every single week. He's he's okay. riding up in the SUV saying, "You think I'm going <laughs> to leave you here alone?" <laughs> and just bringing people back to SmackDown with them. Uh, okay, that's fair. I'm not watching SmackDown every single week, but I do try to watch SmackDown a lot because it's 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 actually pretty solid. It's not the worst. All right, here's one that we have uh, as is an A minus. This was one that we were both disappointed by after the hype that it got and after the the way that the story actually ended it felt like the first chapter in a longer story and then the the guy the writer's house burnt down and that was the end of the storytelling because it was Tyler Bate versus Trent Seven for the NXT UK world title the final of the tournament airing July 7th 2022 this was the first chapter in what could have been an amazing book but then that's all he wrote this was like uh some some classic uh i don't know game of thrones shit going on here <laughs> perfect way to put it game of thrones shit because literally it's just like yeah george r. r martin won't finish game of thrones wwe writers won't finish tyler Bate versus trent seven this hurts me so freaking much and what made this match worse 
was the fact that this match aired after Tyler Bate already showed up on NXT stateside with the belt. Drastically hurt it. Drastically hurt it. On, on uh, in a perfect world, this match happened live at Clash at the Castle. Uh, maybe like it would have been the second, like Tyler Bate versus Trent Seven Two. But yeah, it would have. I don't know. It was just disappointing. Disappointing that that's how it ended. And the match itself, it felt like it was a great match, but it felt like they left a little bit on the table for next time. And uh, yeah, I was just, I was, I was disappointed. Maybe if I was live in the building on the day, I'd feel much different. But that's exactly it, Matt. They left it on the table for next time. Did on July seventh when they filmed this match? Did they for sure had no idea that uh, you know that NXT UK was going to de- be deep sixed? Yeah, uh, absolutely right. And it, quickly it was, and they had to scramble. I'm not mad at anybody for it, but it's just what the way it was. All right, moving on. We have this is this is going to be a controversial cut. Some people are going to be like, "Why did you say this was four stars? It's garbage. It's shit." And some people are going to say, "Why don't you have this on your year end list? This is one of the best, most memorable memorable matches. Easily should be top ten. You're an idiot." So, uh, a divisive match that I'm putting here in our cuts list. It is El Desperado versus June Kasai death match. From the Takamichi Noku 30th anniversary show, September 12th. So I've seen a lot of people say that the promo after that Kasai cuts uh, is like promo of the year. And like, again, I don't speak Japanese, so I can't speak to that. But like a lot of people love this match. Lots of emotion. It was a crazy death match with, with some grotesque spots. But yeah, I would say four stars and a clear A minus because I'm not a death match guy. I just think, yeah, that's... He yeah he suplexed him on a on a thing of uh, shredded cans like he cut open cans, half cans that are sharp cut cans in half stapled them to a board and body slammed a man on it. That's that's uh, what what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> you know? Exactly, that's exactly it's it. Def- it's deathmatch wrestling, and it was an excellent example of the style. And I wanted to shout it out somewhere on our list, but I personally, for my taste and for what I think is actually like objectively good, uh, art, artful wrestling or whatever, I think that's fair. Four stars, but, not four quarters. But this is the thing: the fact that you even have this on your list when this isn't something that you like watching, right? Like that just goes to show you how open you are on this list, right? It might not make your top one twenty-two. But you're going to shout it out because you know that it had, uh, you know, a lot of people talking, a lot of people giving this match praise. You gave it the shot and you did like it. Think about it. We did the math a couple of weeks ago, how many matches you and I possibly watch. And it's in the thousands a year. Uh, and the fact that this is even on this list goes to show you uh, how good of a match it actually was. Yeah, I just, yeah, like I said, trying to be a student of the game, trying to do this whole thing right, and uh, it got a lot of love and a lot of notoriety, so I felt like I had to watch it, and I don't regret it. It was it was a great example of a death match, but yeah, ultimately, I feel like this is fair, a fair ranking. So anyway, moving on, we're going to a winter SmackDown three-pack for you here, Boris. I don't think you're going to fight me too hard on any of these, but I think we're going to have a fight for my last match. So this is match seven, eight, and nine on these 10 hard cuts. Here we go. Gunther versus Rey Mysterio, SmackDown November 4th. Usos versus New Day, SmackDown November 11th. This is the match where the Usos broke the New Day's tag team title record. And then Gunther versus Ricochet 
from December 16th SmackDown. All of those matches, four-star TV matches, really, really, really solid, awesome television wrestling. Yep, yep. These were great matches. Uh, Gunther Ricochet, just a clash of two styles. Really great match. Ooh, uh, Gunther versus Rey Mysterio. Again, this is perfect David versus Goliath. You know what? I, I really appreciated this match a lot more. Why is that? Because they booked Rey Mysterio that he was booked in the 2000s. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was looked to be uh, to be a threat there. He was taken seriously, I think, is the way to put it. And Usos, a new day. When don't they have a good match? Absolutely. It was, you know, it was maybe helped by the stakes buoyed a little bit, but, but the stakes were real. It, it was a rare example of something real in wrestling, which makes it better. That, and when you look at the way that we rate our matches, that's a huge part. Sure is, buddy. So I, I didn't want to compose this list without at least kind of shouting it out at the end. All right. This is going to be a fight because you've already on this podcast talked some talked some uh, smack about this match. You like it. You like it a lot. And I'm cutting it from our list. So tell me I'm wrong. Try to win me over. It's Sheeta versus Jamie Hayter from Holiday Bash. This is the, the hardest cut. The hardest cut. And I'm cutting it because... Two long picture-in-picture commercial breaks just just suck the fun out of it for me. That's the only flaw. And it's, I don't know, blame TSN, blame TNT, TBS, whoever you must. But it's that's that's the product we got, so I'm cutting it because it's a commercial break. I'm not fighting you. No? I thought this was, remember how I qualified this match. And, and, and I said, this was the best AEW women's match of the year. Right. And then I made ah. the joke, there's not many to choose from. Yes, true. True enough. Fair enough. I, I expected a bigger fight, but yeah, man. I just think it was it was probably in the building, four and a quarter stars. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm deducting slight points for the fact that I missed eight minutes of the 16-minute match. Yeah, you know, th- that's exactly it, right? And like, it, like for example, here's a here's a perfect example of like the live experience versus the TV experience. And I talked about this at length right after the show and that was the blood and guts right like yeah my view of that match is a lot lower than a lot of people's um because live it was a shit show it was hard to pay attention it was hard to follow what was going on the cage was shit and the night just lasted so long that by the end of it i'm just like oh i'm done i'm done i'm tired i'm tired i'm angry yeah <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And on TV, I thought that match was great. Absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Bloody war. It was exactly what I wanted. And I wanted I did just like perfect ending with the, the the group on top of the thing and Sammy Guevara just in rubble down below. Yep. So turning this back to the Jamie Hayter uh, match that we just saw, uh, you know, to the live crowd. Because they saw this unedited, uncut right in front of you, they must have absolutely adored this. But I agree with you that, you know, commercial breaks and the TV aspect of this kind of ruined this match. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's I think that's fair and almost inarguable, man. Like it like it just it, it hurts the flow of a wrestling match. It really does. I understand it's a necessary evil, but it sucks. It sucks. Oh, 100 percent. Anyway, but yeah, that's about it for my hardest cuts list. And all we have left, buddy, is the big one. The big kahuna burger. That's coming at you Sunday or Monday, January 1st or 2nd. Because I'm off both of those days and I'm going deep in the cave. I got to finish this list. I got to finalize things. Ask myself some tough questions. Talk to the brain trust. Uh, 
And yeah, if anyone wants to uh, shout out one of the matches that I've cut, if you're a deathmatch guy and think I've uh, drastically underrated June Kasai here, please let me know. And let me know quickly. No, 100%. That is the show. Again, I'll clean up my notes for the next Stardom Review Show. <laughs> we will be talking more Stardom on this show on SNME. Stardom, if you haven't given it the chance, give it the chance. Go back, do yourself a favor, watch this show that we just reviewed and that was the stardom dream queendom from december 29th 2022 amazing show amazing matches two top matches were the two matches that you watch which um were Kyrie versus utami hayashashita and then the world of stardom title match uh sorry which was julia versus sheer Shiri. Sorry, I'm reading yes. something that just came no up. No worries. Yeah. No worries, crazy buddy. Match. If you want <laughs> crazy match, if you watch one thing from the podcast that we you just spent an hour listening to, please make it Julia versus Shiri. No less than a top five match this year. No lower. It was brilliant. It was Omega versus Okada. It was Kobashi versus Misawa. It was Julia versus Shiri, buddy. It was it was great. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>